and welcome. My name is Jonathan Weiner, editor for the global branded marketing team at Signify. Today, I'm joined by Toby Morgan, Senior Manager, Built Environment at Climate Group. Welcome, Toby. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you. Uh, could you say a few words about yourself and also about Climate Group, who you are and your mission? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, um, I, I lead the work at Climate Group on our built environment system and energy efficiency. I've been with Climate Group for around six, six and a half years now. Um, and we've worked, you know, collaboratively with um, Signify within that time to really um, get across the, the the many benefits of energy efficiency. Um, so, yeah, it's really good to be here today to discuss this white paper in more detail. Um, the Climate Group's an international NGO. We're headquartered in the UK, but we also work uh, globally. So we have offices in Beijing, in New Delhi, in New York, in Amsterdam. And we also have a number of people working on the ground in Latin America as well. So we're really a global organization and we look to work with the climate leaders, so corporates and subnational governments to really accelerate climate action. We've been um, working on that since 2004. So it's really our mission to accelerate climate action and we want um, to um, ensure a just transition and all the climate benefits benefit all the people in the world. Speaking of our collaboration, our most recent one uh, between Climate Group and Signify is a white paper entitled Good Connectivity, a Key to Decarbonizing the Building Sector. Now we're going to co cover or touch on some of the main points uh, covered in that white paper today, uh, but afterwards I encourage you all to um, register and download the white paper uh, and, and read the, the full white paper for yourselves. Um, but first let's start by stepping back and taking sort of a broad view. Um, the Paris Agreement, uh, which was a binding agreement on limiting climate change, was signed by almost 200 parties in 2016. Uh, more recently, the EU Green Deal has made significant funds available for decarbonization efforts. Um, there have been bans of energy inefficient light bulbs and other electronic products in different parts of the world. And nonprofits such as the World Green Building Council have initiated net zero carbon commitments that many people have signed on to. Many many organizations have signed on to. With all of this activity around the world, as we sit here today in September 2023, how are we doing? Are we making real progress in limiting greenhouse gas emissions? Um, there's been some great work so far. We've seen you know, massive ramping up in terms of renewable energy production, um, energy efficiency improvements, the transition to electrification of heat and um, transport in terms of electric vehicles, but we're still not on track to be where we need to be to hit net zero by 2050. Um, I often think that that target seems far too far off, so it's easy to forget about it, but um, a better short-term target to think of is we need to half emissions by the end of this decade. So by 2030, that is coming around very quickly. You know, we'll we'll in a blink of an eye, we'll be in 2030. So we we need to halve emissions this decade. Um, energy efficiency can take a huge amount of um, the the potential to getting to to halving emissions by the end of the decade. So the IEA estimates that energy efficiency can reach 40% uh, of the the greenhouse gas emissions required to hit net zero. So. Often we think about renewables and there's been some amazing progress on renewable 
um, electricity production, but energy efficiency is often the, the forgotten child of the clean energy transition. So we really need to ramp that up. There, there was some really interesting um, developments in the IEA um, energy efficiency conference in Marseille, uh, sorry, in in Versailles um, back in in June. So I was over there with also some Signify colleagues were over there as well. And, um, you know, some really interesting developments. 45 countries committed at that conference to to double their energy efficiency rates of improvement um, by the end of the decade. So we've seen some real good improvements on energy efficiency ambition, but we need to now turn that ambition into action. Um, and buildings are really, you know, a key to this as well. We often think um, of carbon emissions from power generation and transport, but actually buildings account for, in Europe, around 30, 36% of greenhouse gas emissions uh, worldwide, um, around 40%. So a huge amount of, uh, of emissions are coming from buildings. That is through, you know, burning fossil fuels, but also the energy we use in terms of electricity within our buildings to power all the operations and electrical appliances, etc. So we really need to have a massive push on building efficiency not just on the envelope of the building, but also what's going on inside a building as well. And that's where LEDs can play a really um, vital role. So when we talk about the role of buildings in climate mediation, we're usually talking about reno renovating existing buildings rather than new construction. Why is that, Toby? Yeah, so around about 80% of the build, buildings stood today are still going to be in existence by the end of the decade. So, you know, new builds, concentrating on new builds is important, but actually we massively need to um, renovate and gain deep carbon savings from our existing buildings. So often it, it's, it's complicated by the fact that, um, you know, it can be difficult to do that. And, you know, at the moment, there's a big push on heat pumps. So we're looking at how we can get um, buildings away from fossil fuels. So that's going to make a huge difference. Um, the the rate of progress is is still quite slow on heat pumps, but it should, you know, hit, hit a tipping point soon and we'll massively ramp up that, which is great. But in the meantime, we need to massively reduce the amount of energy we're using um, with our electrical appliances within buildings and just four categories of electrical appliances. So lighting, air conditioning, refrigeration um, and DC motors, which they use in, you know, in factory settings, for example, um, use around 40 percent of all of our electricity in buildings. So just those four products take a huge amount of electricity use. So if we optimize those, bring in better standards, um, that can massively help reduce the amount of electricity we're using in buildings. And that's not just good for emissions. It's also good for running costs. So it's good for business. It's good for homeowners to reduce their bills. Um, so it's a bit of a win-win proposition if we maximize the efficiency of all, all those electrical appliances within buildings. So yeah, we need to have a massive push on building renovations, building retrofits to get to deep um, carbon savings in our existing buildings. It occurs to me to ask you, Toby, um, we talk about net zero. Um, is everybody working from the same definition of what a net zero building is? I think it's tricky. I think lots of people have heard the term net zero and it, it, there's been some debate whether it's useful or not. I think it is because it you can define it fairly simply. Um, we need to get to net zero carbon emissions by 2050. So that's quite a clear goal to go for. Um, but yeah, net zero can mean different things to different people sometimes when we're talking about buildings. In theory, it can be net zero in operations, but also 
there can be lots of embodied carbon within buildings as well. So all the energy that we use to to actually build them in the first place. So the energy used to go into steel, to go into the concrete um, in the actual manufacturing process of the building. So that all takes a lot of energy. So it's, it's actually a lot more carbon efficient to renovate our existing buildings than um, demolish the old ones and then rebuild new ones because there's so much embodied carbon within that. So yeah, net zero, we want the, the whole built environment to be net zero um, through the whole lifetime of a building by 2050. So that's a, a huge task. So um, renovating our existing building stock can really help um, with that. So you're not contributing all those additional um, embodied carbon elements to buildings. When you look at the net zero um, score, if you will, of, a, of an existing building, do you take into account the embodied carbon that was uh, used in the past or is that sort of that's already happened that ship has sailed yeah i think it's it it has been a bit of the the elephant in the room in terms of the um, net zero buildings for quite a while it's a lot more um taken into account these days which is good but yeah we used to just think of the operation of a building in terms of net zero and there's been some really impressive buildings built but you know if they were used um, or built with lots of steel, lots of carbon, lots of, uh, sorry, lots of glass, lots of concrete, then you do have that big um, carbon, embodied carbon element in that. So it's it's getting, awareness is a lot higher these days. Um, but yeah, in, I think previous years, past years, it had often been um, not accounted for, which, you know, is is a massive um, hole in, in how we are reporting and accounting for all the carbon. Is there a carbon cost for demolishing buildings? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there's been some really interesting debates about this. Um, there's one example in London where they were thinking of knocking down the the uh, the uh, one of the kind of headline stores on Oxford Street and then rebuilding it. Actually, the they they estimate it could be 50% carbon savings if you just renovated the existing building. Even though it's an old building, it's difficult to do. It'll be expensive to do. Actually, it's a lot more efficient um, when you look at the whole carbon accounting to renovate that existing building and demolition, which releases lots of carbon. Um, and also, organisations are starting to look at how we can um, sort of recycle that um, the demolished buildings as well. So it's not just as simple as demolishing them and forgetting about them. We need to look at how we actually dispose of all that waste. Can we recycle the concrete? Can we recycle the steel that was in those existing buildings that we've demolished? Um, so that can help quite a bit, but still it's more carbon efficient to, to renovate existing buildings. A little while ago, you mentioned uh, LED lighting, connected lighting uh, as part of the renovation picture. Um, what roles does connectivity in general and connected lighting in particular play in the effort to achieve um, uh, net zero uh, in a commercial building? Yeah, I think lighting is so interesting and LED lighting is so interesting in, in terms of that connectivity piece. So, you know, we used to just have dumb lightings, uh, lighting, they were it was on or off and that was it. Um, if you just swat, switch out the the lighting for LEDs, that that's good. You get those big carbon savings. So it could be you know 50, 60, 70, 80 percent or whatever compared to the the old technology. But then if you add that connectivity piece, it, it opens up a whole 
wide range of options um, which we never used to have which were never possible so you know you can connect them up to um, information management systems it could be linked to other services within the building it can be linked up to sensors and monitors so you know we've all driven through cities at night and half the buildings are still completely lit up and there's hardly anyone in there so we can be a lot a lot smarter with how we use energy within buildings by having that connectivity piece um, and also there's more and more evidence of the, the big effect that the indoor environmental quality can have on people because we spend around about 90 percent of our, our time inside buildings so it, it has a huge effect on both our our mental and physical well-being so if you can optimize those um those services within a building you can improve not just you know carbon savings but also you can improve productivity for um, people inside buildings you can have better health outcomes um you know people for, feel more alert if they've got good quality lighting within the building and having that connectivity piece just brings a whole um, wealth of options that we we never used to have and just really simple things like with um occupancy sensors motion sensors just turning off lights in areas of buildings which aren't being used that could be linked to for example the the hvac systems do we need to be having heating and cooling in an area of a building or a floor of a building that's not being used um because we all know you know since covid we've all adopted much more flexible working practices but we've still got these huge offices that um companies are in so do we need to be using um 50 of the office that's completely under occupied so bringing all those data insights you can do some really interesting stuff with with that and hopefully using our energy using our building services in a lot more smart um, way would you consider human health and well-being a aspect of sustainability absolutely um, i think sustainability can encompass many different aspects um, you know a lot of the uh, work is on on energy management, um, carbon management, etc. But I think sustainability for me goes into a much wider um, wider realm of uh, different topics. So yeah, health and well-being, um, EDI, diversity. Um, yeah, it's it's all those things, and they're all interconnected as well, which is really interesting. So you know, you can't you can't have a um, a healthy building without making sure it's optimized in terms of energy and carbon so all these things are interconnected i think yeah lighting is one of those kind of areas where it has huge um, potential for carbon savings but also massively impacts on on people's health and well-being and productivity as well so it's a really interesting area and yeah there's there's a growing sort of body of evidence that shows having good quality light um not for example not having it too bright um, or having it too dark either way can have quite a big impact on on people's um, sort of health and well-being and productivity as well so optimizing the lighting within a building can have massive uh, benefits for for uh, companies what recommendations would you make to a building owner or facilities manager who wanted to begin the carbon mitigation process uh, in a building or increase the building's energy efficiency uh, where would you have them start i think um a really important thing first of all for any building manager or facilities manager to look at is you can't manage what you don't measure so you really need those those data points to say where are we using energy how much energy are we using in a building where is that energy being used um so once you get those good data insights that's that's really key um 
also flipping it around you don't want to just measure data for the sake of having data so you you need a plan of what you're actually going to do with that data in the first place so for example the the first question should be what are we trying to achieve with this um you know energy management program do we want to um, increase efficiency by 50 percent right therefore we can um we can make a plan what we need to measure how we're going to measure it on what frequency also how we're going to interpret that data as well so it's being smart with data not just having data for the sake of it um and then saying why are we doing this as well so um we think energy management's good but actually what is the what is the business case for doing this um you know there's obviously cost savings there's there's other business benefits you know it's great to get onto renewable procurement um looking at evs etc for for corporates but energy efficiency is massively um reduce the amount we're using in the first place can can help with all those other things and make make the clean energy transition a lot a lot cheaper a lot greener um a lot more efficient as well so maximizing efficiency is number one and just always having that as the mantra um you know reduction first and then start on the other things also i think it's really key you know we talk to big corporates all over the world um, every day and um, you really need that company-wide buy-in for this um, as well so you know it's fine for just a building manager or sustainability manager whoever it is to be working on this but they really need to communicate it to the to the upper echelons of the corporate and get the c-suite on board and saying you know we're doing this because it's great for carbon savings but it's also great for the business it's good for productivity of staff so really getting that internal buy-in is really key and obviously with that as well that can help unlock those internal budgets because you know you can do low cost no cost measures with energy efficiency which is great so you know just turning down thermostats or um, turning off lights when they're not being used but once you start looking at bigger infrastructure projects you need that capital um, expenditure so that's where you really need to engage the c-suite and make make the business case um, so saying you know we can um you know change all of our lighting to leds or we can replace all of our boilers for heat pumps etc making the the wider business case so it's not just about the a simple um return on investment calculation you should be looking thinking about those wider business opportunities as well so that's how it, i would frame it for anyone that's starting to go into this work um so yeah efficiency refers efficiency first and then looking into those other aspects as well I want to thank you very much, Toby, for joining us today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been Jonathan Weiner of Signify in conversation with Toby Morgan, Senior Manager of Built Environment at Climate Group. To learn more about current efforts to achieve net zero, I encourage you to download our jointly authored white paper, Good Connectivity, a Key to Decarbonizing the Building Sector. Meanwhile, on behalf of Signify, the global leader in lighting, I wish you a brighter life and a better world.